Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 52. Chatham County and up to New York, but both of them are feeling properly autumnal. It's pretty exciting. Properly. Ooh, got a plosive there. It's too close to the mic. Yeah, what's going on? Life is good here in Chatham County. Lovely weather. No rain. No rain for about a month now. It's kind of weird. Our grass is getting a little brown. There's lots of water in the area, but you know, no no uh, rain it's a little weird we could turn on the irrigation system but irrigation systems are tools of the bourgeoisie so we don't use ours if the rain doesn't keep the grass green there's no point in keeping it green that's my theory i don't even want the grass if it were up to me i would turn the whole thing into like some sort of like <laughs> piedmont equivalent of a cactus garden i'm gonna do that someday after we do the solar panels in janet's house i think the next big project will be some sort of gray water system using water from the pond and runoff to keep the grass green rather than using the water that comes from the, the county. I'm not sure how legal it is here, though. I, mean, I might have to, like, you know, uh, lobby for it or something. I don't really know. It's going to be a whole research project. Uh, anyway, yeah, everything else is going good here. Uh, we are losing another neighbor. It's very sad. We were on our walk with Jane yesterday, and we ran into one of our neighbors, and we kind of knew it was coming because she's taking her kid to the STEM school up in Hillsborough, which is like an hour away. So every day she drives up there to drop her off, comes home, and then goes and gets her in the evening. So four hours of driving a day. It was unsustainable. So they're moving to Hillsborough. It's really sad. But, you know, we'll get another neighbor, I guess. That could be cool. We like the, the new neighbors. They're all pretty nice. So, you know, that's kind of nice. But clearly, you know, we got to get some friends in the neighborhood. I mean, we have friends, but, you know, get convinced some people to move here. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, I think there's going to be a bonfire tonight at the neighbors next door. That'll be pretty sweet. They got all their wood and it's like autumnal weather. And they said it's coming soon, but they're out of town for a wedding last weekend. I hope it's this weekend because they're always very last minute. But I was hoping, I'm hoping it's this weekend because next weekend we'll be in Asbury Park, New Jersey for a wedding. So if it's not tonight, it's going to be another two weeks and that'll be a bummer. My parents are still in town. Uh, I think they were about to arrive last time I did the podcast. They've been here about a week, a little over a week, week and two days. They leave not this coming Monday. Wait, this coming Monday? Yeah, no, not like tomorrow. Not like in two days, but like in nine days. They're doing more shorter trips now. It's easier. My dad, who has mobility issues, and they're in pretty sweet, like, not... uh, not like, you know, assisted living place, but an elderly living place up in Fairbanks, Alaska, that's got a lot of assistance for people like him, although not assisted living, apparently there's a distinction. So, you know, they like their life up there and they're back in their, not their hometown, but where they were married and where I grew up and where they have a lot of friends. So they, they don't want to be gone for three months at a time anymore. Plus it was just too long to only see Jane once a year. She didn't remember him. And today she said grandma, which is really nice. They're getting along again, so we want them to come more frequently so she doesn't forget them. That is kind of the goal with that. They come over every day at about 10.30, and they take over from me, watching Jane. Janet then... Uh, Janet's still... Well, I was gone last week, so, you know, they all pitch in when I'm gone, and then... Uh, 
you know, we're going to this wedding where all the grandparents are going to watch Jane for three night, two nights. So we're going to be gone. That'll be interesting. That's going to be intense. First time we've been away for two nights with Jane. It'll be pretty crazy. I think actually we did it once for Doug Pfeffer's wedding, but maybe it was only one night. I don't really remember. And yeah, so it's good to have them around. It's nice. And let's see what else. Oh, this is exciting. There's Thai basil at the Walmart now. Uh, for the last four years, I've been driving 30 minutes away into da- Durham, not downtown Durham, but Durham proper, to get my Thai basil at an amazing Asian grocery called Lee Ming's. And they opened a new Asian grocery much closer to me in Carborough, but it didn't have Thai basil. And now they have Thai basil at Walmart. And I am over the moon. It is so exciting. You know, it's like that overpriced stuff in the little plastic containers. It's not great. It's not ideal, but it's better than driving to Durham, I suppose. I'm kind of thinking about the carbon footprint of my Thai basil obtaining, <laughs> which is worse. The plastic container of me driving to Durham just for Thai basil 30 miles each way. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty exciting. I had it in my lunch today and it's, it's just wonderful, 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 wonderful. Went to New York this week, two nights. Uh, one night I saw an old time hop employee. That was pretty cool. And then I went out to Brooklyn down by the Barclay Center to see my friend Ari Shadahi and his friend Maddox. And that was a really good time. Ari's got a new baby, so I come to him. And then the other night I stayed in, actually, I stayed at work until like eight o'clock. I got a lot of work done, did a bunch of wireframing and financial stuff and read the employee manual for changes, stuff like that, and ate the leftovers from our all hands lunch. <laughs> it was great. I really enjoyed it. Then I went back to the hotel and I watched MSNBC and talked to my wife and actually I texted the person. We were both like kind of, we we're supposed to meet up, but we, it was kind of tentative and we both didn't feel like doing it. Then we just texted instead all night. That was kind of fun. And yeah, it was great got a lot of sleep didn't get too drunk it's a good trip to new york jane is doing great she has a little baby stroller because she likes to imitate adults because she doesn't see kids and she always wants to press push the grown-up stroller and it's too tall for her so we got her this baby stroller it's super cute we took her to the doctor last week a week ago yesterday she got all her vaccines for the next year that was pretty cute little band-aids she ripped off immediately kind of cranky the old day but she was fine uh, she's she's into barrettes finally. Like I've always been trying to put them in her hair, and she just rips them out in two seconds. But now she goes barrette, and she keeps it in her hair, and it's super cute. The words are coming fast and furious. She learns new words every day. Uh, she was obsessed with looking at herself on her phones, and she would go Jane, Jane, Jane. And then it was really getting really bad. So now I use Instagram stories to teach her stuff, and I she's learning all these words. She learned people and beach and ocean and river, and she just like says them as they go by. Doggy, woof, woof, kitty, meow, beach, people. I'm trying to teach her between boy, girl, kids, man, woman, and people. It's kind of hard, you know. Like uh, especially the gender thing. I'm not sure I'm going to do it. So I don't often say boy and girl. I just say kids. I want to say children, but like, I don't know. I don't know. That's like a whole tough thing, actually. Like, what do we, what do we have her say for those words? But she's good. She's good. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Music. I sold four CDs. I sold the Test Department Bang On It single, which is like a hit in the Man Ray days. At Man Ray, we used to industrial dance to it. It was pretty fun. Uh, so ironically, I sold this guy that lived in Brooklyn in Williamsburg, and I was like, oh my God, did you go to the Test Department show two weeks ago? I heard it's amazing. And I was in town the night before, and I caught Ken Lamb, but believe itself, but I didn't, couldn't stay for Test Department. He's like, no, man, I couldn't go either, and I heard it was amazing too. So, you know, made a Test Department friend on Discogs. 
then I sold like a CD copy of Angel Olsen's All Mirrors because I wanted the translucent blue vinyl and it was only available in a package. And so it was available on its own, but that was sold out. So it was available in this package. And so I got that. It's not like a CD and a sleeve that goes in the record. Like sometimes you get it. It's like, it was just a package with a separate CD. So I was like, whatever. I sold that on the internet. Uh, and then I sold a CD by a band called Secret Synthy that is a San Francisco based female synth pop band from like, I don't know, 20 years ago. I don't know where I got the CD. I think must freeze pop maybe picked it up or they sent it as a demo back on the freeze pop days. So, and then whoever bought it was like, Oh my God, I used to see this band all the time. She was like an old fan. The album was called catch and collision. I don't know. It was great. I looked them up on the internet and they're, they're really great. They don't make music anymore though. Secret Synthy. They were pretty good. Listen to a bunch of stuff. Listen to the new Wilco. I like the first half. Didn't really, nothing on the second half caught me, but it's only gotten one listen so far. I like the new Dive, D-I-I-V, all caps. It's called Deceiver, which is pretty interesting. I read an article about it, and it was like his last album was about alcoholism and rebound, and it turned out he was lying, and he had not, in fact, re- gone to rehab or stopped drinking. So this album's all about how he lied with the last album, hence the name Deceiver. I can't tell any of this because I can't really hear the lyrics in Dive albums, but, uh, you know, it's good shoegaze, so I'm really into that. The DMX crew, don't you want to play? I don't even remember listening to that. That was something Nikki sent me. It was good, I remember, but I don't remember much about it. And then I listened to do Medicine, which is a covers album called Scarred for Life. Medicine is like an old noise shoegaze band from the 90s, and they were awesome there on American Recordings. Come on, man, I have everything turned off, and something's beeping at me. That's annoying. I said silent mode, do not disturb. Anyways, they got a new album out. It's great. Uh, you know, it's good. I, I don't even know most of the songs they cover, so it's hard. I'm dredging it on the merits of a medicine album and not covers, and it's not as noisy. It's still pretty noisy, don't get me wrong, but it's not as noisy as the old medicine albums. And then, of course, the new Nick Cave, Ghostine, which I think is pretty good. I was having a long talk with my friend Andy about it, and we're like, well, it is a very good Nick Cave album. But, you know, the last three have all been kind of similar musically with... Uh, you know, the guy from the Dirty Three just making weird ambient spooky stuff. And then I was like, well, you know, like what Nick Cave album is your favorite? And he's like, Henry's Dream, of course. And I'm like, me too. That's my favorite. But then I was thinking, well, what Nick Cave album would you give to someone to like get them to dip their toes into Nick Cave? And I was like, actually, I think this would be a pretty good record. And, and there's like a solid run of songs towards the end. Galleon Ships, Ghostine. That's just amazing. And I, I think I just like like it a lot but i want i i don't know he used to change for a while there he was changing his style a lot between albums you know from like henry's dream to let love in to murder ballads and you know liar of orpheus and they're all changing each time and now it's like three in a row the same style which i can't quite get over even though lyrically they're really amazing and i think that the style is actually really good and it's a phenomenal bit of writing like to make music like that when i was like oh, come on Okay, I think I fixed that. Woe to every OSX app that does not respect the do not disturb notifications. I'm talking about you, tweet bot, Jesus. Anyway, it's a phenomenal bit of writing. It's like, as I'm writing records, it's like, I can't write stuff like that. I can't make things like that. It's nowhere near. It's so far beyond me. So I think I'm judging it a little too harshly because I expect the world of them, but it is very good. And Galleon Ships might be the best song he's written in 10 years. It's pretty amazing. And then the new Angel Olsen, All Mirrors, which I mentioned already because I sold a copy, but I got it on vinyl as well. And actually accidentally bought two copies, two different colored vinyl versions. So I guess I'll just keep them both. I don't know. Uh, but it's amazing. That was a great record. Apparently she wrote all the songs and recorded them twice, once with a string orchestra and once pretty stripped down and was going to put them out at the same time. And she didn't. So this is the string orchestra one and it is epic. And I can't even imagine these songs like in a more stripped down way, but I'm so excited 
Community Harem, so that record will be coming out. I don't know, maybe it's called Some Mirrors, Har Har Har, but it'll be great. The album is, oh, it's beautiful. I listen to it like every day now. I'm really obsessed. Uh, let's see. Spaceman 3. There is a live soundboard recording video uh, recording that came up that was popped up on the Spaceman 3 Facebook group. It's called Live at Carlisle, UK, June 26, 1989 at the Twisted Wheel. It was great. Uh, solid Spaceman 3 live album from the early or late 90s. You know, got all the hits. Revolution, Walking with Jesus, <laughs> Repeater. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Temples, Hot Motion. I read some middling reviews of it, but I really liked it. It's a good rock album. It's, it's kind of dark, kind of uh, pretty awesome. Then the new Tegan and Sarah, Hey, I'm Just Like You, which uh, I liked and because I, I like Tegan and Sarah, but I, nothing really, actually one song really caught me on it, but I don't know. So I had two listens so far. And then I listened to a bit of the new Kim Gordon, but I'll reserve that for us week and the rest of the week and a single by a guy named Richard Dawson that everybody's gaga about and I liked, but I don't have the whole album yet. So I guess I'll talk about him later. Uh, let's see television we are <laughs> i vowed not to do this but we are watching the great british baking show because the world is a crazy place and i am scared of it so i'm watching comfort tv when i rarely watch tv we are also watching the new season of the good place which is very good and uh adventure time still and then we keep up with saturday night live but we're not really watching like a series right now i guess we are watching great british baking shows or series but everybody's like you should watch succession i'm like i don't know man i deal too much in my life with capitalists do i need to watch another show about them it's it's tough it's tough and then some msnbc because of all the developments this week i was with all the crazy ukraine stuff and rudy giuliani's brilliant legal defense of confessing in public and trump's for that matter and it was just too crazy so for a couple days there when i was in new york and then one day when i got home we watched some msnbc to get caught up but then we dipped out again uh, yeah, it's crazy. Everything's crazy. It's all crazy. I made a whole political album, man. I don't have to watch MSNBC every day anymore. My conscience is clear. Movies. Let's see. So I went back and watched Star Trek one, the director's cut to finish off the run of Star Trek. Uh, also saw the Picard trailer. It looks fantastic. Uh, I've never been a Jonathan Frakes acting fan. I, he's, he's a very good director, by the way. Uh, but man, he looks fantastic in that trailer. He just looks so good. I'm very excited for it. Very excited for it. And then also, you know what? Uh, my thesis is extended to Star Trek 1. The, the good Star Trek movies aren't as good as you remember, and the bad ones are better. And I think people consider Star Trek 1 bad. They're wrong. It's awesome. That's a great film. I'm really into it. Okay, that's a bit excessive, but it is way better than you remember. <laughs> Uh, then I rewatched Enemy of the State because I was dreaming one night about how Harry Call from The Conversation, Francis Ford Coppola's movie from 1979, was actually the same character that Gene Hackman plays in Enemy of the State. And I was like, is that true? Did I imagine that? You know, Tony Scott, fantastic director, RIP, very sad, jumped off a bridge. What the hell? Uh, yeah, so I, I read the trivia on it, and it turns out somewhere somewhere in the, in the Enemy of the State, somebody calls him Harry. I did not catch it. I was paying attention, but I had the baby with me, and I was like, you know, sub chat, subtitles. She was playing, but, you know, she wasn't watching TV. We limit screen time. We're very good about it. Thank you on your comments. But uh, I think it could be a spiritual. I think he could be the same character. He, you know, they're in this diner at one point, him and Will Smith, and he's talking about how, like, he was in Iran for the overthrow of the Shah, and I looked at the dates, and it was about four years after the conversation conversation took part took place so i'm like yeah i could see the conversation guy joining the nsa early on and then being in iran for that it all works out yeah so i hereby consider enemy of the state a sequel to the conversation it also holds up good movie 
I remember my feelings when I watched it when it first came out. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. All this stuff seems possible, but I don't know if they're going to go that far. And now you watch it and you're like, yeah, of course they do, you idiot. They're listening to everything. So that was a little disturbing to remember how I felt about this movie back then compared to now. It's like, oh, this dystopic thriller turned out to be 100% true. Great. Uh, let's see. Then I rewatched Monty Python's The Holy Grail does not hold up. I mean, it's still funny, but it's not as funny as I remember it. Maybe I've just seen it too many times. I mean, I probably watched it 50 times when I was a kid and I haven't watched it in like 30 years. So I don't really know. Although, Hey, you know what? Subtitles, super convenient for Monty Python. I'm going to rewatch life of Brian as well. One of these days. So that's kind of fun. That's like my new intellectual property <laughs> that I am reconsuming and then uh em and i watched fighting with my family the wrestling movie with the rock and the girl from midsommar and uh, vince vaughn weirdly and it was very good and it only grossed 18 million and it deserved to gross more and i enjoyed it immensely and i almost saw it in the theater but it came out the same week as something else i think high life and i was like oh, i gotta see the thing that i'm not gonna get a chance to see again so i watched that and then fighting with my family we just watched it last weekend and it was a good time um, B, B, B plus, A minus, good movie. And then, of course, I went to the Joker last week on the week on Sunday. Saw it first 11 a.m. showing. It was the fullest I've ever seen a morning show at the Silver Spot. I go on weekend mornings all the time. It was very full. And I was the only creepy looking dude in there by himself. It was a lot of families with teenage kids. It was a lot of couples. It was like not the audience you think. That movie blew away everything else at the box office and is doing so again this week. I, it is dark. It is depressing. It is nihilistic. It is, Joaquin Phoenix is very good. Cinematography could be a smidge better. The point of it all, aside from the exercise, I don't know. I would have thought that was amazing when I was a kid. I kind of want something more in the meaning of it now, but... Uh, I think people, I, I don't know, man. I felt pretty uncomfortable about the violence. I felt pretty uncomfortable about the insanity. I felt pretty uncomfortable about the nihilism. I don't have a problem with the movie existing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a little dark. Nobody got shot up first week. Hopefully it's not happening this week. So, you know, I forgive my very off color joke at the end of the last episode. <laughs> that was really inappropriate. I apologize. But yeah, I saw it. It's done. Uh, I'm never going to see that again. There are some movies I say that was a great movie and I'm never going to watch it again. Like Mother. Uh, this was a pretty good movie that I'm never going to watch again. Uh, yeah. Let's see books. I finished one book. I've been reading the same book for three weeks now. Jill Lepore's These Truths, The History of the United States. I finished it. Last chapter, last, you know, it's in five parts, five different eras of the United States. Last era is pretty much the modern era, the era I remember. And it's interesting because, like, in the Clinton administration, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't remember that because I was only kind of paying attention. And then from then on, with like, last, you know, four presidents, I'm like, yeah, I know everything in this book. Also, it got a little both sidesy towards the end. I'm like, yes, it's true. Liberals are policing language a little bit and conservatives are taking away your rights. Yeah, those are totally the same thing. It wasn't that bad. She was... She definitely leans liberal, but still, even I was a little irked about it, like comparing the liberal language policing on Tumblr to like the violence inciting on 4 and 8chan was a bit much for me. Maybe I was a little too close to home, but uh, it's a very good book. And I would say parts one through four are magisterial and I strongly recommend it. It's 900 pages. Well, with footnotes, about 800 pages. Uh, so I'm glad I read it and now I'm ready to move on. I am now reading Spy in the House of Anna East Nin by Kim Krizan. I'm so excited about this book. It's very short and about half done. 
Kim Krizan, she's amazing. She's from Austin, Texas. She's one of the creators of the Before Sunset, Before Sunrise trilogy, screenwriter on the first one, Emmy nominated or Grammy Oscar nominated for it, but really an academic and has spent most of her time researching Anais Nin. She hung out with the family, uh, Rupert Pohl, Anais Nin's second husband. She hung out in her house. She like got to know everybody. She knows that she's on the board of the trust. She's doing everything I dream of in my Anna's Anais Nin obsessions. She wrote this amazing book. She has access to the full journal at UCLA. Anais Nin wrote a journal, 11,000 pages through her whole life. It is astonishing. I'm obsessed. I've been obsessed since I first read it as an undergrad in 1991 in Boston, Kim Krizan as well became obsessed when she was an undergrad. We both have been obsessed with Anais Nin through the period where she was very famous again for Little Birds and then Henry and June in the early 90s and then through the period where feminism rejected her and everybody thought she was nutso when the third volume of the Unexpurgated Diaries came out, Incest, where she has a consensual adult affair with her father and then through the decade or so that they did not continue to publish the Unexpurgated Journals and then over the last few years they've been publishing them again. Two volumes came out, Trapeze and Mirage and yeah, Mirage then Trapeze. Kim Crozan wrote the foreword to Mirage. She wrote a foreword for Trapeze but it was rejected because she said women are still punished for their sexuality this happened right before the eve on the eve of the Me Too movement. So she's publishing the forward in this book for the first time. I haven't got to that chapter yet. She analyzes the journal. She tells you things about her later in life that you don't really know. Um, it's amazing. It's like a book I've wanted to exist for for ages. I it's it's very exciting, and I am gobbling it up. Through that decade that there weren't any journals published, the uh, scholarly journal, NIS, an international journal, was still being published, and Kim Krizan would do articles in it, and I would buy those, those volumes of that journal. So I have read about a third of this book already through her articles in Anais and International Journal, but there's a lot I haven't read, and it is very, very rewarding. I am super into it. Yay, Kim Krizan. Highly recommended. It is available now on Amazon. <laughs> Uh, also, I went a little crazy when reading these truths by Jill Lepore. I'm a footnote whore. I talked extensively about her footnotes in the last book, but, uh, you know, I would be like, I bet this is coming from this book. I bet this is coming from this book. There's nothing more satisfying when you're reading a book and you click on a footnote and you've read the book in the footnote and you're like, I knew it. Weirdly though, she did not quote Robert Caro at all in her LBJ section. I thought it was a little strange, but anyway, she quoted a lot of books that I was pretty excited about and they're written by men. So it's going to be a while until I get to them. But she wrote a, or she footnoted a book called The New Deal, A Global History, uh, America and the World, Book 21 by Kieran Klaus-Patal. It's sort of a global perspective of the New Deal that is very exciting. Won a bunch of prizes. Uh, a book about FDR and the Supreme Court called FDR and Chief Justice Hughes, the President of the Supreme Court and the Epic Battle over the New Deal, which is very exciting by James F. Simon. And then I've got all the ones that I already had, Private Government by Elizabeth Anderson. I've told you about these. On Fire by Naomi Klein is probably next. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be the next one I'm going to read is the new Naomi Klein should be pretty quick after the other one that came out a while back. So books, exciting books, 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 books by women authors. Yay. Work is going great. Oh my God. So much work. So many clients, so many leads are talking to like so many interesting companies. It's just amazing. We signed some amazing, cool demand partners. They're going to do some press soon. That's pretty exciting. I'm like really drilling down on GDPR and automating a bunch of our forms and activities reports. And oh, it's so fun. <laughs> it's kind of nuts.
nuts, but I'm really into it. Money's good. We got to do some hiring. We are hiring. If you are a solutions engineer in ad tech, I, know, I think if you were, I would already know, but uh, definitely drop us a line. We're looking for an account person as well. We're going to have a bunch more jobs posted in a few weeks. So that's all very exciting. Other tech, new uh, Mac OS came out, Catalina. I put it on my work machine and it had a problem, like a key conflict with the key I used to archive mail and mail. It was really annoying. So I'm not putting it on my main machine here at home. Also, you know, my album is almost done. One of my guests gave their their work to me last week and I mixed it into one of the songs and the other one I'm expecting it today or tomorrow. So... And then I can send the whole album off to the guy that's mixing it in Florida. So I'm waiting to get that album sent off before I update the OS because I don't want any conflicts with Logic, which I'm sure is fine. But also I use a lot of plugins like Contact Player and stuff like that that may or may not work with the new OS. So I'm going to wait till that is done. I um, Also, if you have more than one Mac, I strongly recommend Googling how to make a USB drive into a boot disk for the OS X. I have one for every OS going back like five OSs. I made my Catalina boot drive today, so you know I can put it on all the different computers in the house without having to download the two gigabyte image over and over again. Uh, some working on music. Album is done. Mixed that one song. Got a couple tweaks to it that I got to do right after this. And then... My friend Jamie's got some stuff coming this week, and then it's going off to the mixer, like I just said. So that is very exciting, and I've got a cover, and uh, I need to figure out sound exchange, both for this, my old band, Rocket Spurts from the Street Lamps, and BMI, my royalty stuff, uh, and make my Bandcamp account. I got my, I went back in and looked at my DistroKid account to get it on Spotify and Tidal and all that stuff, Google Music, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, so that's all ready to go, but uh, if anybody knows about sound exchange, I would love a little help on that and i've been making some new songs i got two or three little ideas for the next album uh i'm just gonna not stop that's the goal just to keep going keep going uh, i tried to quit my e-cigarette and turning to health i failed i'm gonna try again after this wedding this weekend uh, i'm not good at this it's gonna suck but basically i'm just gonna smoke up all the fluids around my house and then i won't have any more and i won't buy any more so hopefully i will just be able to not do it because i only go to stores on the weekend so i'll just be stuck in the house for like three days and it only takes about three days for me because i still use the lozenge to get over it so i just need to make it three days <laughs> it was a dark day the day i tried and i was like very frustrated and snapping people at work and it was not good so i was like i just i just need to try this later so i gave up i failed i will try again Drop a line. Always nice to hear from you. Things are going all right. Hope they're going all right for you. Take care. Talk soon.